Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'd like to share about the grace of God a little bit. When you hear this story, you can tell that every day, every breath of our life, we need the grace of God. That's why we cannot be pridefully saying that, you know, I'm fine. I don't need God. Last Saturday, I took out a couple out for lunch. They are kind of new members of the church. While we were eating lunch, I got a phone call from my daughter saying, I'm going to take my son to the hospital right now. I said, what? What happened to Josiah? Fortunately, we were only two minutes from that hospital. The dining place or the lunch restaurant that we were eating, only two minutes from that hospital that they are coming. They told me the story about what happened. It did not dawn on me until 11 p.m. that night when my daughter called me back again and explained the situation. And I knew right away that because of the grace of God, because the dad and the mom serve God in the church, love God, they are faithful tither, because the grandpa and the grandma on both sides, both uh, parents are Christians and serve God in the church. My son-in-law parents are Christians as well. So we have multiple layers of grace because generation to generation. What happened is that that day, my daughter and my son-in-law took the grandkids, six years old, to the ski lesson, the ski class. And while they were getting ready to out to the ski to learn how to ski, my grandson wore the helmet and was standing on the, just a normal place, not a prohibited place, just a normal place that anyone can stand. And then the building that close to him has snow on the roof, lots of snow, thick, uh, the snow about this thick, on the big roof. Okay, you imagine this thick snow on the big roof. Suddenly, the snow came down, avalanche. The snow came down on him, bury him inside the snow. This is about maybe two or three tons of snow. So he can have a broken neck. He can have a broken leg. And I never thought about it until later that night. If you are buried in snow, you cannot breathe. And if you don't get out within five minutes, you die. You see my point? And even you get out, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about injury. If you don't get out from that much of snow, quicker than two minutes, you have brain damage. Because you will lack oxygen. We call anoxia in the medical world. Anoxia. And if you have anoxia, the brain cell will get damaged. And you will be handicapped for the rest of your life. That bad. Two minutes. My daughter said that, number one, if they both did not see where Josiah was, they were busy doing something, put the shoes on, put something on. They would not know that Josiah was in there. 
Number one. But thank God, they both was looking at Josiah at the same time while the smoke was coming down. Number two, even my son-in-law ran to the snow and tried to dig him out, and they have only two minutes. He missed the location where he dug in was not Josiah, and this is I'm talking about two minutes. Another man ran in to help. By the grace of God, he found Josiah within one and a half minutes. He came out. He was not in the middle. He was on the side, and he could get out in one and a half minutes. He has no scratch, no head injury, no broken bone, no problem at all. It's the grace of God of one and a half minutes, life-saving grace from God. My dear brothers and sisters, this story make me humble. We are vulnerable in this world. We need God every day. We need to be hungry for God. We cannot boast that, oh, you know, I'm a great man. I'm so strong. You know, you're not strong enough. If the car hit you, you're done. You have broken bone. You fell off the ladder. You can break your neck, and you can die. So every day we need God. Amen. We need God's grace. We need God's protection. My son-in-law and my daughter gonna give testimony to our church this Sunday and show the slide, the picture of the roof before the snow came down, and a picture after the whole package of snow on the roof. The roof became empty. Can you imagine? That much of snow came down one time on a six-year-old son. Very serious. So thank God. Let's give hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many people say I need God's protection? How many people say I need God's grace? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna preach a message tonight and tomorrow afternoon to continue because I cannot finish in one session. And I want to say that after I studied this message, I even talked to Pastor Da that I may need to preach in every church I go to. Even though people may have listened to the YouTube, to the internet, but I feel so convicted inside me that this is a very important message. It's one of the like golden key to live on this earth. You can get it. You understand. You get the revelation. You have faith in it, and you walk in it. I believe your life will never be the same. And when I say that I should preach in every church I visit, because I learn one thing: you cannot get the truth of God one time. Sometimes you listen the first time, you get this much. You listen the second time, you get this much. The more you get, the better for you. And not only that, even did you get all of it, but your faith may be just this small in it. The Bible says we mix our faith with the gospel. And our faith need to grow. Our faith need to rise up more and more. The Bible say that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So you may hear this teaching in the internet, in the YouTube, many times at different locations in the world, because I'm gonna keep recording and teaching this message again and again. Today I would like to talk about the commandment of Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus called this commandment the 
new commandment. The new commandment. You understand as believer that we have the old testament or the old covenant, and we have the new testament starting from the book of Matthew all the way through the book of Revelation. The new testament or the new covenant with God. In this new covenant, we have a new commandment. Jesus used the word "new command," new commandment. John chapter thirteen. 34 to 35. I hope you get this message. And I pray that this will sink into your heart, into your spirit. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us. Even I myself need this message. I need to know, I need to practice, and I need to get into my spirit, Lord. And I want to practice it, Lord. I believe, Father, this is a key to victory in our life, Father. We thank you so much in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus talked about the new law. Why? Because in the time of Moses, there was the old law, which we called the Ten Commandments. God gave the Ten Commandments to His people. The old command, the old covenant, the old testament, Ten Commandments. And Jesus said, now, I want you to know the new commandment. And what is the new commandment? You love one another. You love your neighbors. You need to understand that the Old Covenant or the Old Testament is composed of a lot of prophecies and teachings. And when Jesus showed up on earth, he came to fulfill the prophecies and also the things that they talk about in the Old Testament. And Jesus came and said, I have a better commandment for you. I have a better, good, better things for you. Not that the old commandment is not good. It's good, but my commandment is better. And he said, to love one another. Okay, let me read this scripture, and then you understand what it means. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Romans 13, 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Everyone say, love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The Apostle Paul talked about the law of Moses, the old Ten Commandments. He said, he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the Ten Commandments of God. The commandments, now the commandments, Ten Commandments that Moses wrote. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor 
as yourself. So in other words, the new commandment of Jesus, love your neighbor, sum up the Ten Commandments of God, or fulfill the old commands. Okay? And then verse 10 says, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. What law? The old law. Moses' law. The Ten Commandments. Basically, what Paul tried to say is this. If you can love other people, you can love your brother and sister in the church, you can love your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, even though they may be mean to you, you can love your husband, even though he may sometimes make you upset, if you can love your pastor, love your co-workers, and love your neighbors, you fulfill the whole Ten Commandments. Think about this. If you love people, you will not bear false witness to attack people. Is that right? You will not gossip about people. You will not steal their spouse. You will not commit adultery. You will not take advantage of the person of opposite sex. You will not come into the church and look for money and steal and cheat people. You will not harm anybody. Love does no harm to anybody, either physically, emotionally, reputation-wise, their name, financially, anything. You cannot think very hard. What I say, what I do, gonna hurt that person or not? Gonna cause damage or the downfall of that person or not? And if you know that if you do something that causes a downfall or the hurt or the damage to that person, you say, no, I'm not gonna get involved because I love them. That is love. So love fulfills the Ten Commandments. Love works no ill to his neighbors. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments or the Old Covenant Law. We don't have to think about a bunch of commandments. If you just say, I love people and I don't want to hurt people, you don't need to start to calculate and think, what is the first commandment? What is the second commandment? You don't need to think. and You just love and you want to bless people. You don't want to hurt anybody. Is that right? Now, you say, why do I need the new covenant? Why do I need the new commandment? Let's look at Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, actually, chapter 6, talk about or quote the Old Testament prophecies that were written by two prophets, Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Both prophets prophesied about the future, which is our generation now, the church era. They were in the old covenant time, but they prophesied about the New Testament time. And I'm going to read from verse 6. Verse 6 say, Hebrews 8, 6. But now he, mean Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. Before I go on, I want to say that from verses 1 to 5, the writer of Hebrew talk about Moses. Moses took the children of Israel light of Egypt. Wow, he spread the Red Sea. Mana came from heaven. 
He got water out of the rock, the cloud of glory, the cloud, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, miracles of provision, great thing. No one got sick during those forty years in the desert. The protection of God in the glory of God. No one need any doctor or chiropractor or physical therapy or occupational therapist. No hospital. No one gets sick. Even their shoes did not. Torn for forty years. Is that the protection of God? Wow! The ministry of Moses was amazing. But now, verse six, talking about the ministry of Jesus, he say, "But now Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry." In other words, we can expect in this generation through Jesus Christ to be better than the time of Moses. To be better than the time of Moses, in as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant. Everyone say better covenant. Better. The old covenant done by Moses. God gave covenant to people. The promise: you do this, I do this. If you do this, I do this to you. It's a promise. It's a deal between God's people, the children of Hebrew, and the Jehovah. But now we are in the better. Everyone say again, better. better. The new covenant or the new testament is better than the old one, which was established on better. And again, better. Everyone say better. better. Promises. So the promise in the new testament is better than the old testament. Are you glad yeah. that we are living in the new testament time? Okay. Verses seven to ten. Now, the writer of Hebrew began to quote what Ezekiel and Jeremiah were saying. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, "Behold, the days are coming. We are in those days." We are in that those day. The days are coming, say the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, Moses, the Old Testament time, in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. This is a new covenant with our generation. Say the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. We are in the new covenant time. New Testament time. God say, in the time of Moses, if you read the scripture, God used His finger to write the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone. The finger of God wrote it. You need to understand that when the Bible talk about the finger and the hand of God, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. One time when Jesus cast out demon. Jesus said this way: If I cast out demon by the finger of God, 
the kingdom of God has come on you. He did not talk about the finger like this, the finger of human being. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And in another scripture, he say, "When I cast demon out of you by the Spirit of God." One scripture in the four gospel say finger. In another scripture, in another part of the four gospel say Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, God's Spirit wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablet of stone. Today, we don't need the tablets of stone anymore. God wrote it in here, in our heart, directly into our heart. He used two methods. Number one, he said, "Let me read one more time. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts." He put his law. What is the new commandment? What is the new law? Hello, what is the new law? Love your neighbors, love one another. He put that law in your mind. How does he do that? He asked the disciple to write the Bible, the book of Romans, the book of Matthew, the book of John. Then, when we read the scripture, the scripture come into our mind. So we know the law by reading the scripture in our mind. But at the same time, while we are reading the scripture, the Holy Spirit. Writes that law, the new commandment, in our heart. Amen? Amen. I never forgot. Before I became a Christian, Pastor Dan knew very well. She knew me since I was 15 years old. I got saved 1981. How old was I? 20 something. Okay. 28. 19. 81, I got saved. I remember before I became a Christian, I did not love people. I did not care about people business. I was so selfish. I was only thinking about myself. I'm happy to lie to get the benefit. I lied to my patients. I lied to my teachers. I was very selfish man. You may not. Oh, wow, is it true? Yes, it's true. I was very selfish. I gossip. I don't care about people. To the point that all of my friends in the high school hated me, because I was very arrogant, selfish, and unloving man. So I never forgot that day when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, 1981. When I opened my eyes, and next day I get out onto the bus to go to school. I look at people in the bus. Why I'm changed? Why I like these people now? They look so precious. This poor man, you know, in Thailand, there's rich and poor people. You can tell when people get dressed up. You can tell they're poor. Wow, I like him. I like my friend now. I change overnight because the Spirit of God wrote the new commandment in my heart. Even before I read the scripture, before I read the book of John, chapter 13, it's already started in here that I began to love people. I know at that time I'm really born again. I'm not just believing Jesus in my head. My heart I gave to Jesus, and I was really, really, really born again. How do you know a person really born again? 
that person love, because God, who is love, comes in and live on the inside of that person. Amen? Amen. So you ask yourself, are you really born again? If you still hate your neighbors, you still don't like people around you all the time. You have to check your own spirit. Romans chapter five verse five. This is our introduction, okay? Romans chapter five verse five. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. This scripture go along with Hebrews chapter eight. God wrote the new commandment in our heart, and He used His finger. What is His finger? The Holy Spirit. Who wrote the new law into our heart? The Spirit of God. He poured His love into our heart. Amen. That's why I love the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The more of the Holy Spirit, the more love you have. Amen. Amen. Actually, I just having a lot of phone call before I came here to Thailand and to New Zealand. Because there was a new come to me that I was accused wrongly about many things that it made me look very bad by the accusation, which is not true at all. Even one percent true is all lie and accusation, and that accusation affect me to cause many pastor to misunderstand me. You know, if this happened many years ago, I would retaliate. I would definitely put in the Facebook. I would do something in the website. <laughs> I would think, "Wow, you gonna challenge me? I have power too. I know a lot of big kahuna in Thailand too. Okay, we're gonna have a battle. Let's fight." But you know, I have no anger. I was so calm. I even pray for those two people. Who accused me? I even say, "What happened to me?" I don't feel angry. I was not upset. I was calm, and I even pray for them. I did not hate them because I have been in the fire for a long time, and the Holy Spirit has filled my heart with the love of God. That not only that I love brothers and sisters in the church, but I can love. My enemy, who try to destroy me, even that person announced in Thailand, I'm gonna destroy this man, me, destroy Pastor Lau, and unfortunately, the person who said that is a Christian. Wow, he need to listen to this teaching, because later on you're gonna find out that to live like that, you don't love, because the Bible say love works no ill. Love does no harm to other people. Even though I am totally wrong, they should not even say bad thing about me. Keep your mouth shut. It's not your business to judge anybody. It's only God can judge me. I make a decision because I want to walk in love. I'm not going to cause any downfall or damage to anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Now look at New Testament. The Bible says in the New Testament, we need to renew our mind with the Word of God. We need to change our thinking. Galatians chapter five verse fourteen. The Bible says the entire law. What is the entire law? The Ten Commandments is summed up in a single command: Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Last Sunday, I led my congregation to confess and to repent of their hatred and their bitterness against people. And then one young man walked out to me. He said, "Pastor, he is maybe about 17 years old." He said, "Pastor, it's so hard for me to forgive my friend at school. They give me a hard time." Uh, I believe that, as I understand, he lived in a neighborhood that there was no Asian, and he's an Asian boy. So he got a lot of discrimination and and persecution by other skin color and nationalities. So he said that sometime I came home and I'm very depressed because I got persecuted by my friend in the high school. Oh, pastor, it's so hard to forgive them. I answer him, brother so and so. Do you love yourself? Yes. If you love yourself, forgive them, because you need to love them as you love yourself. So he nod his head and say, "I agree. I will forgive them." Okay. So now look at verses 22 to 26 in Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is love. What is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, love. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, all these things go along with the Ten Commandments. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Why did Jesus say? Why did Paul, not Jesus, talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter five? That way. Do you know why? Because our life is composed of three parts: the physical body or the flesh. The mind or the soul, and the spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? In, if people listen to my teaching, they will have answer right away. In our spirit, the Holy Spirit is in our spirit. Our flesh or our body is full of sinful nature. So you can be controlled by three things in your life. Number one. You can be controlled by your flesh. We call carnal Christians. If you live a carnal life, you will be controlled by your flesh. What does the flesh say? Me, me, my, my, me. It's about me. It's about my benefit. It's about my comfort. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. So the flesh is selfish. You will not love anybody. You only think about your own benefit. Many Christians are carnal; they live for themselves. 
they think about their own benefit. They go to church, they walk in, who's going to greet me first? What is the food today? Is it delicious? They don't care about other people. It's about me, 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 me. That's the first kind of Christians. The second kind of Christian is a soulish Christian. S-O-U-L-I-S-H. A Christian that follow their corrupted mind. They think they're so smart. They're so good. They can think, they can analyze, they can have come up with their own idea. And many times their own idea is wrong because it's not led by the Spirit of God. And they get into trouble because they are led by their mind. The third kind of Christians we call spiritual Christian. Let me read one more time. Since we live by the Spirit, capital S, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When the Spirit turn left, we turn left. When the Spirit turn right, we turn right. We keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, the spiritual Christians are those who yield to the Holy Spirit inside their spirit. They die to their flesh. They crucify their flesh. Verse 24, one more time. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desire. Everyone say, crucify my flesh. Die to my flesh. Everyone say, renew my mind. My mind needs to be renewed by the word of God. That's why I noticed one thing. I've been a pastor for 36 years. I noticed one thing around the world. I have thousands of chiefs around the world, thousands of people that follow this ministry. I learned one thing. I noticed that people who listen to the word of God a lot on a regular basis tend to do well with their life. Their minds are clear, clean and right. People who are lazy, don't read the Bible, don't listen to the teaching, even though we have out there for free in the internet, everywhere, for free nowadays. They don't even charge money. They don't listen. They tend to have corrupted mind. They tend to make wrong decisions. Therefore, we need to be diligent and do our homework to renew our mind with the Word of God. But we don't want to be led by our mind. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if the Spirit is leading us, we're going to be fruitful. There are two kinds of fruit. Everyone say fruit. How many people want to be fruitful? I want to be fruitful. There are two kinds of fruit. The first one is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means that you have more love, more joy, more happiness, more kindness, more patience, long-suffering, goodness, mercy. When people come around you, wow, you're so full of kindness. Amazing. You're so wise. You're so full of love. Wow, it radiates out of you. This fruit radiates out of you. People can see the fruit of the Holy Spirit from you. But the second fruit is that when the first kind of fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is so strong, then you produce the second fruit, the fruit of soul. More people will get saved. More people will come to church. 
More people get healed from you. More people get delivered. Everywhere you go, that society get better. Everywhere you go, people get encouraged, get healed, get set free. People are blessed by your life because you're so full of the anointing. You're so full of power. You're so full of love. You're so full of faith. Everywhere you go, people come around you. Their life is improved. It's better. How many people want to live that way? I want to live that way. I want to have more faith. I pray for more faith every day. I want to have big faith in my life. Amen. I want to have more love because faith works by love. Without love, faith will not work. You need to love people. Okay. Now I'm going to read the scripture about fruit a little bit here. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. I hope that no one who listens to this teaching right now is a branch without fruit that God can cut it off. In other words, a person who claims to be a Christian, this is a real thing. Not everyone sitting in the church on Sunday is a believer. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian wearing the cross on the neck is a truly born-again Christian. Some people go to church to look for a nice girlfriend. Some people go to church to look for a job. Some people go to church to do marketing, marketing network, selling products. I'm not against it, but don't go to church for that reason. Please, you don't abuse the house of God, okay? You should be sincere when you go. You go to church to seek God, not to seek money, to make benefit out of people. Amen? People go to church for different reasons, and people can grace hand to be a Christian too. I remember many years ago, I have one lady from another land. I don't want to mention the name of the country. Came into the church. Oh, she act like she is a very godly woman. She loved God. And eventually she find a very handsome Chinese man. And eventually, he was willing to marry her. So in other words, she went after him, and he decided to marry her. And after I performed waiting for them, next Sunday, I never saw them again. The wife pulled him out right away, and they never go to church since then. She got what she wanted, the man. She did not want God. She just pretended to be a Christian. I learned the lesson Ooh, now I learn that not everybody who comes to church is sincere. God said the branch that does not produce fruit, no fruit of the Holy Spirit, is not a believer. They're not a real believer. God cannot cut them off. In other words, they may not go to heaven because they're not a real, true, reborn again Christian. Why every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He wants us to be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, in the trunk, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. Okay. You remember Romans chapter 5 verse 5 say, God poured love into your heart by His Spirit. God write the new commandment, the love, into your heart. How that 
life of flow of love, the life of God, flow into you through Jesus Christ. When you cut a branch out of the trunk of the tree, no more sodium, potassium, calcium, and all kind of good thing fertilization and water will run to that branch. That branch will die. When you see a tree trunk with branch, you see the flow of water, flow of chemical into the branch, and the fruit come out from the branch. In the same way, if you really born again and have relationship with Jesus. That flow of his bloodstream, his life, his love will flow into you, and you will grow in love every year. The Holy Spirit will work in you because you remain in Jesus. You have relationship with Jesus. Amen. You need to remain in Him. You need to have relationship with Him. Okay. Now let me read verse 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I like that one. I like that one. How many people want Brother Elmer to give you a blank check with signature on it? Your daughter raised her hand. Brother Elmer is a billionaire, have unlimited amount of money in his bank account. He gives you a blank check with his signature on. No date. You can put the date any time. You can put any amount you want. I believe that you are merciful to him. You're gonna not put too much, at least to enjoy life. Blank check. In other words, whatever you want, Brother Elmer say, go for it. And then his daughter say, "I like uh, maybe a sport car." <laughs> so he wrote on the check the number to buy a sport car. Whatever you want, I give it to you. Is that what the Bible say? Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Everyone say whatever. whatever. I like that word. Whatever. How can you receive everything that you need in your life, and you ask, and God answer you? Be fruitful. And what is the first fruit? Love. What is the new commandment? Love your neighbor. Love one another. In other words, if you start to produce the fruit of love, you love people, you forgive people, you help people. Whatever you ask, he will give it to you. Amen. Uh, there is one brother in the church. This brother, really a loving brother. He sometimes invite me to his house on Sunday morning to cook breakfast for me, and help me. He because he want to treat his pastor very well before I went to church. Very loving brother, and a few weeks ago. He need to look for a new job because the the job he had did not match with his way or character. He asked the father. He got it. Good job in a bank. 
I noticed that people who walk in love, God answered the prayer supernaturally. Really, supernaturally. God bless them. How many people want to live that way? God answered your prayer all the time. Praise God. Now look at verse 17. All these things that I read go along with the new commandment that I'm talking about. This is my command. <laughs> After he talked about being fruitful, 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 and he is the vine, we are the branch, we produce fruit, and if we produce fruit that lasts, whatever we ask, God is going to answer us, a blank check with signature on. And then he concludes in verse 17, this is my command. Love each other. If you want God to answer your prayer, heal your sickness, do whatever you need. You need to love each other. Love one another. Amen? Amen. We need to be remaining in Jesus. Have close relationship with Jesus. You need to let the Holy Spirit touch you on a regular basis. Fill you with the love of God. Love even people who are not lovely. Love people who annoy you in the church. They walk in and you're so annoyed by them. They step on your toes and you still love them. Amen? Amen. Love them. And God say, you bear fruit and God going to answer. First John chapter 3, verse 14. How do we know that we are truly born again? We know that we have passed from death, from spiritual death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. What is a sign of being born again, Christian? Love. Because God is love. We know that we have passed from spiritual death to life because we love other people. Amen? Now, after introduction, I'm going to come to the main message of this. This, this a while ago, or introduction. I try to lead you step by step, but from scripture to scripture, so that you understand what I'm coming to. I want you to understand that the new commandment of Jesus is so important to you. It indicates that you are born again. Two, it helps you to get a blank check from God. Three, it makes you fruitful. God is pleased with you. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. One of the ways to show love to people is to forgive them. Let me ask this question. How many people in this room and who are listening in the YouTube right now never make mistake in your life? Raise your hand up. Never make mistake. I put my hand down. <laughs> I make more than you. I know that. How many people believe that you need forgiveness because you mess up, you make some mistake, say something wrong. You need forgiveness all the time, every day. Do you think other people make mistakes too? Do you think they need forgiveness? They need forgiveness from you too. So if you love, you forgive them. If they love you, they forgive you. Forgiveness and love goes hand in hand. If you love people, you forgive them all the time. Unforgiveness is a sign of hatred. Amen? So forgiveness is so important. 
and everybody needs forgiveness, including me. I make mistake, you make mistake. We all make mistake, and I make mistake even in my own church. Sometimes I need forgiveness for my member, for my elders. <laughs> so they need to forgive me. We all have weaknesses and shortcomings, and people who very it's very difficult to forgive. It's not stranger. People that hard to forgive is the closest person. The number one is your spouse. Number two is your parents and sibling. Maybe less than that is your kids, and then your close friend, and then your acquaintances. So, the most difficult person to be forgiven by you is your. Relative and your close friend, your brother and sister in the church. Do you know why? Because you have more expectation from them than other people. You have more expectation from your husband than other men in the world. Amen. If other men forget about your birthday, what a big deal. <laughs> If other men forget about your wedding anniversary, what a big deal. But if you Husband, forget big deal. <laughs> That's why all the husband need forgiveness. <laughs> How does God forgive people? God forgive people by forgetting about it and erase it from his memory. He erase our mistake from his memory. He don't remember anymore. So if you forgive, you will not bring back the mistake that was done in 1836, 1724, t h r e e centuries ago. You will not bring back the mistake that your husband did yesterday, a You forget about it and move on. Don't write the record. Love. Keep no records of wrong. Love always mean well. Don't keep record of wrong. So how do you know that you really forgive? You forget and you don't think about it anymore. Amen. We should forget about other people's mistake. And there is a person in the universe who is expert in reminding you about other people's mistake. His name is Satan. Satan gonna come to you. You remember. What your husband did in 1836, 100 years ago. You remember that? You say what? I forget. I don't know about it. Bye bye. Get out of here and you laugh about it. You just have to say to the devil, "I forget already." One more time. Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in My name. Everyone say again, whatever. Everyone say blank check with signature. Okay. Mark chapter 11. I'm teaching you very important key of life here. That's why I love this sermon so much. I love it. I want to preach in every church. Because I believe that if every church member get this, your life will be supernatural. 
will be victorious all the time. Mark chapter 11, 23 to 24, I tell you the truth. If anyone say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. So in other words, whatever he says, God will do it for you. Is that a blank check? Even the mountain, very difficult to throw into the sea, he will do it for you. Even the impossible things, he will do it for you. But therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask, blank check. For in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You can see two scriptures here. John chapter 15 talk about love. Love each other. Mark chapter 11 talking about faith. And you say, oh yeah, I just need to have faith. I don't need love because, you know, faith will work. I don't need to forgive my husband. I don't need to forgive Elmer. I don't need to forgive Sister Flaw. I just have faith. God can answer. Look at next verse. Jesus did not stop at verse 24. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone... Forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. It's a connection between love, forgiveness, and faith. Faith works by love. Many years ago, I studied about the miracle of Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, he cast out demons. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And I noticed that in those scriptures in the four gospels, there are two factors in every miracle that happened to Jesus. One is the faith of the receiver. He always say like this, because of thy faith, you were made whole. He said that. The faith of the receiver. But on the, his side, if you read the scripture carefully, Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Every time Jesus ministered, he ministered by love. And people received from him by faith. That two together get a blank check. Whatever they ask, God answer. Now you see the important key of miracles in your life. Love and faith. Now, sometimes you say that, yes, I can forgive a big sin. Oh, that big sin, yeah, I forgive him. I cancel the debt. But that day, my wife cooked the food is too salty. Wow, she's not good. I still remember that day. The food is too salty. Song of Songs, 2.15. Her brothers catch us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender graves. The Bible says, little foxes destroy the vine. Little, little unforgiveness. You walk into the church, people don't say hi to you, walk in and just ignore you, walk by, no, no, don't even say hi to you. Hmm, that brother. <laughs> he didn't even look at my eyes. I will remember this. I don't like him anymore. Little foxes. That day, I was so sad, but no one encouraged me in the church. Wow, 
little foxes, little little one that really spoil your life. I want to encourage you: forgive even little sin, little mistake that people make. Amen. All the wives say amen. All the husbands say amen. Okay. A lady was affected by a very serious pulmonary disease. She is a Christian. She ran all over the country to get people pray for her. Anointed healer in the body of Christ. Lay hand, lay hand, lay hand. So many laying on of hands. I believe that if she is a man, she might have lost all of her hairs because she get lay hand on her head all the time. Until the hair fall down. One day, she she went to a meeting to meet another anointed man to whom she expect to be lay hand on. But the first night she went to the meeting, he did not lay hand. He preached about forgiveness. She came back home uh, to the hotel. Before she went to bed, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. You have not forgiven your brother. Her mom has only two kids, she and her brother. Since the mom died 25 years before that, they never talked to each other. The brother lived in New York. That night, she repented and she said, Okay, I'm going to call my brother after 25 years. She called him up. When he picked up the phone, he said, Is that my sister? Yes. Uh, you know, I just feel the same way I need to call you. And she said, I want to say, could you please forgive me? All these things that happened between us, all my faults. Then the brother said, no, 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 no. All my faults. Please forgive me. And then she said, no, it's my fault. They keep arguing. <laughs> and the brother said, how about this? 80% mine and 20% yours. 20% for me to blame and 80% for you to blame. And she said, no, 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 no. I take 80, you take 20. They keep arguing for a while. Eventually, at the end, how about 50-50? <laughs> they repented. They forgive one another. They say sorry to one another and hang up the phone. Before hanging up the phone, the sister said, I'm going to go visit you in New York when I have a chance. That night, she went to bed. She woke up the next morning. Condition totally healed. Her affliction, the sickness, totally healed by God. She got healed from God that night. Because she walked by love. And because she listened to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Healing can come even without laying on of hand. If you learn how to walk in love. Because whatever you ask in Jesus' name... When you have the fruit of love, he will give you that blank check. He will answer you. Wow, the key in this life to have the answer for every prayer is to walk in love and forgiveness. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Let me read from New King James Version, and I'm going to change the word into the New Testament way. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes. 
if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Let me read my version. God said, "If you listen to the good teaching about love and the voice of the Holy Spirit, who convicts you that please forgive your husband, your wife, your brothers, and your pastor, repent and forgive, and do what is right in His eyes, forgive, show love, call and ask for forgiveness, and go visit and say sorry to one another." If you pay attention to his new commandments that Jesus gave in John chapter 13, love your neighbor as yourself, and Romans chapter 18 said that love is the fulfillment of the law. Love does no harm to people, and love forgive and show compassion and be fruitful, bear the fruit of love in your life. Keep all his decrees. I will not bring on you any of the disease. You will be healthy. Other people get sick, you don't get sick. I will not bring on you any of the disease that I have brought on the people in the world that walk in the flesh, and even Christians who don't obey me and still hate people, still do wrong thing and abuse other people. For I am the Lord who heals you. How many people want to live healthy life until the last day? How many people want to say one day? At 120 years old, I still walk around with good knees. My back is strong, no dementia. I still healthy and strong, smile, look very strong. And one day, when the number of my days are fulfilled, I just sit on the couch and the Lord just take me away. I don't have any heart attack, no cancer, no pain. God just take me away. Or maybe even better than that, I will be like Enoch and Elisha. I just walk on the street and suddenly I disappear into heaven in this body. No sickness, no death, no disease, no heart attack, no hospital. How many people want to do that? I want to do that. How? What is the secret? Obey the great commandment of Jesus Christ. The new commandment that is to love and to forgive other people. Let me give you the last story here. And I continue tomorrow afternoon. A family, a couple, have a three-year-old daughter who began to have seizure, epilepsy. They called the pastor from the church to come and lay hand on this daughter. On the way to the house, the pastor heard the Holy Spirit saying, don't lay hand, don't pray. Just talk to them. So when the pastor arrived at home, he asked the couple, do you have any kind of crutches in your heart, any problem in your heart? Suddenly, the Holy Spirit spoke to the wife, to the mom. She hates her mother-in-law. She hates her mother-in-law. And the pastor said, could you please forgive her and love her? That mom repented. The scriptures say in 1 John chapter 3, 14 to 15, 
We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Death, including sickness, including headache, poverty, and all kind of problem. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. When you hate people, you have no eternal life in you. You are a murderer. That lady, that mom, forgave her mother-in-law. After that, the daughter was healed. No lay hand, God has healed her daughter. You see how important to love and to forgive other people. Tomorrow, in the afternoon, I will begin to teach deeper in detail about this command or this promise, the better promises of God, the better covenant, the new commandment of God. I will start to read other scripture and convince you, let us walk in love and obey the new commandment of Jesus Christ. Let us forgive people every single day. You're going to be offended by somebody every single day. You just forgive them. Amen? People will do something wrong to offend you, to make you upset, but you need to forgive. Amen? In the plane, there was a young man sit close to me. When he get the coke, he spilled on me, so I smiled. Then Pastor Da pulled out the nice white cloth and gave to him and smiled. We forgive. Then he was sitting like this. The whole time. His elbow is on my body. He didn't care. He just sit like this. I did not have room. I have to sit like this the whole time. I forgive him. I did not get mad. Okay. Being a believer, we need to give. Let's give him some more room to put his elbow on. That's okay. We love to give. Amen? We give him when the room for elbow. Christians love. We love people. Amen? But at the same time, be careful. When I say love, when I say we forgive, it doesn't mean you allow people to be used by the devil to steal from you. That's why the teaching, please listen to the teaching series called Be Led by the Holy Spirit again and again. I'm going to continue to teach in the camp this year in Seattle. It's so good. Don't use this scripture, this teaching, and go out and somebody come to you and say, Brother, you know, I'm in trouble. Can you write me a check? And you say, yeah, I love you. I'm going to write for you right now. No. You have to be led by the Spirit. You can forgive, you can love, but you need to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Because the devil going to send somebody to you and know that you learn about love, that person going to steal something for you and it's not love, actually. It's foolishness. It's dumb to do that. Be careful. You can be loving, but you need to be wise and be led by the Spirit of God. You forgive, but you will not let people to steal the blessing from you. Amen? Amen. I just want to be clear. To be balanced about this. Don't be loving, but be foolish at the same time. 
We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Please listen to that series again and again until you get it. I taught about five chapters already. I have altogether 12 chapters. So I have seven more to teach about being led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me ask, do you have anyone in your heart right now that you haven't forgiven? Let us bow our head down and spend some time to forgive those people. Maybe they are your parents, your kids, your church members. Maybe they are your siblings. Maybe they are your ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Forgive them. Let them go. Talk to God. Bless them. Father, Help us to walk in the steps with the Holy Spirit, Lord. We want to bear the fruit of love. We want to obey the new commandment of Jesus Christ, which is the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments. Father, help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to forgive those who have hurt us, cheated us, offended us, taken advantage of us. I let them go. I pray that you shall bless them. Help us to forget and forgive. Lord, I know in the human level, It's not easy to do that, to forgive and to forget. May your Holy Spirit pour the love of God into our heart. Help us to forget the past, the past disappointments, the past offenses, the past mistakes of people. They don't know what they're doing, Lord. I forgive them. I am one of them, Father, that need to forgive people. Help me, Lord, to forgive and forget. Lord, thank you, Lord, Help us to walk in love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. I know this teaching is not easy to do. It's not easy to forget. Sometimes we are hurt by people, but we need to do it. If we want to walk in divine health, if we want God to answer our prayer, amen? Start a new life. Everyone say, today is a new day. I start over. I forget the past. I let it go. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to look to the future. 
I'm not going to look to the past. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Father, help all of us, Lord, to practice this teaching, to believe, to have faith. Help us, Father. We know, Lord, all the days of our life, we need to forgive somebody every day. Love our neighbors, love people around us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Help us, Lord. May your Holy Spirit be poured into our heart tonight. May the Holy Spirit write this new law into our heart in a more tangible way. That we will walk out of this room with more love, more forgiveness. We take this seriously, Lord. We don't want to get sick. We don't want to have the disease that you allow the Egyptians to have many thousand years ago and even today. Lord, we're going to forgive. We're going to walk in love and walk by faith. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If some of you feel that it's very hard to forgive, you struggle with forgiveness. I'd like to pray for you first. You hold crutches so deep in your heart. The root of bitterness is so deep. I'd like to pray for you first. If you are those people, could you please come out here? We're going to pray for those who struggle with bitterness and unforgiveness. If you feel struggle in your heart to forgive, may the Lord set you free tonight. Take this seriously. This can be life and death. What I'm preaching tonight can be life and death. Yes, Lord. Life and death. Because some sicknesses are deadly, fatal. We don't want any cancer. We don't want any fatal disease. So we need to forgive. Sometimes bitterness and unforgiveness come from demons who work in your life. So first of all, I like to cast this demon out of you. Even little demon, little foxes can destroy your life. So we're going to pray to cast demon out. You do it by faith. I'm going to lead you to pray, and when I say it's ready for the devil to come out, for the demon to come out, I'm going to ask you to cough them out. The first few coughs will be like a normal cough, natural cough, but after that, you're going to feel something coming out of you in a supernatural way. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Pray with me. Father in heaven, I repent of my sin. Please wash me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me of my sin of unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, hatred, 
Lord, I don't want to keep them. I don't want to keep little foxes in my garden. Set me free tonight from evil spirit, from the spirit of bitterness. Help me, Lord. I want to be free. I call on the name of the Lord Jesus right now, and I command. Any form of demons or evil spirit to leave my body, to leave my mind, get out of here. I want my body to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Fill my life with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, write the new commandment. Pour out the love of God into my heart. I want my heart to be filled with love. The love of God, agape, unconditional love. Right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I command right now, demons to leave their body. Get out of here right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Get out right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Get out right now. Get out right now. Yes, Sarukura Paskita. Go right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. In Jesus' name. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.